0: So if you feel like, oh, I was kind of whining about that, you were probably complaining. If you're nitpicking your kids or your partner or your spouse or your people at work, you're probably complaining. And then um, another like really telltale sign is if you're using always or never. You always get to get the best projects. You never pick up your socks. Then you're probably complaining because those, those statements are not intended to solve a problem. They're intended just to point out the problem. It's to solve the problem. They're pointed, intended to point the problem out, not to have a solution for it.
1: Hi and welcome to another episode of the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. On this week's episode, I am talking to Lori Oberbreckling. So Lori is passionate about helping moms who want fulfilling careers while at the same time want to feel present and connected to their families. She believes that Moms can have an extraordinary home, an extraordinary career, and be extraordinarily happy at the same time. She recently wrote the book called Secrets of Supermom, How Extraordinary Moms Succeed at Work and Home and How You Can Too, to share tips, strategies, and quick wins for moms that want it all. So Lori is a wife and a mom to four tiny humans, all while working in corporate America and nurturing several side hustles. She helps moms who want it all to develop the skills, habits, and confidence to happily have it all. And so today on the podcast, we're going to dive into a conversation with Lori, talking all about how... We can attempt to have it all as working moms and as busy moms. In addition, we're going to also launch into a little bit of a discussion on how the act of complaining about things is actually bringing us down in our working mom lives and what we can do instead of complaining in order to have a more positive experience. So without further ado, let's get started on this conversation with Lori. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. How are you you doing today?
0: So good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yes, of course. I'm so excited to talk to you today. So can you just start by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, your family, Your background and anything else that you would like to share?
0: Absolutely, sure. So, I am Lori Oberbreckling. I am a wife. I am a mom of four. My oldest is 11. Uh, She'll be 12 at the end of this month. And my youngest is five. So, he started kindergarten this year. I work in a day job. I am an executive in clinical research. And then I have a side hustle photography business that I started about four years ago. And then just this year, I, well, last year I wrote the book and this year I launched a book called Secrets of Supermom. And so super excited about that.
1: That's amazing. Yes. I absolutely love that you wrote a book for moms. That is one of my biggest passion is helping other moms. So super cool that you did that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. It is super exciting. And yes, it is It is all to help the busy mom, you know, find out what other moms are doing to be successful. What can I put into place and use? Because so many of us were struggling, you know, struggle in general, but even in the last, of course, year and a half have really, really struggled. So it's sort of a message out there to say, here are some tips that you can use to make things just a little bit easier.
1: For sure. And so how did you come about deciding to write the book? Was there sort of like a defining moment or was it just As we were going through the pandemic, as a lot of us were facing all of these challenges, did it just sort of happen like naturally? Like explain to us how you sort of came to this idea of writing this book.
0: Yeah. So for a long time, I mean, probably like childhood, I thought it would be fun to write a book. I don't know if I've told this story before. I may have, but I told somebody when I was really little, I said, if I'm published, I'm not taking my husband's name. But if I get married and I'm not published, then it'll be okay. And I can take his name. Well, Oberbreckling is definitely my married name. It is not. My name was Whitney before. And so I was not published. And so I had this little inkling to write a book at some point, but no plans. I had no pathway. You know, I wasn't on this journey at all. And then when the pandemic happened and I heard from lots of moms, moms, In mom groups that I'm in moms that I know personally, and there were moms that were just really struggling hard, right? I think we all were hit men and parents in general, but moms, especially, and in my mind, it just kind of all came together. I thought, oh my goodness, I could put this together. I could survey moms. And that's what I did. I surveyed and interviewed almost 200 moms. Mm -hmm. And I thought I can get this data together and I can help moms. I can tell them things that work for other moms things that will help them make things just a little bit easier so that we don't feel like we're drowning all of the time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, definitely. I feel the same way as the pandemic unfolded. And, you know, when you connect online in different groups of moms and things like that, a lot of people were truly struggling and are still struggling,
0: still Um, struggling. It's true. Yeah.
1: Struggling with just the, many different pieces that have to be managed on a daily basis.
0: There are so many things that we were struggling with before, right? And some of those have gone back. So for example, my children, as an example, are in school, they're in face-to-face school. So they're not here with me as I talk to you, but there are also, we, all of the activities that we used to do, all of the things, right. That all of us had that were filling our schedule. We lost a lot of that. And now all of a sudden it's all available again. And everyone is going, oh, well, I guess I have to put all of that back on my schedule. Mm -hmm. And now they're overwhelmed again because their schedule was overwhelming already. (laughs) And so now they're putting it all back in there without taking that breath and saying, wait, do I really want to be running around from 3.30 PM to 8.30 PM? Mm -hmm. No, maybe I don't. Maybe we want to start scaling back. Maybe we want to focus on our family. Maybe we want to change jobs. Maybe we want to do whatever it is. But I think that we have to remember that we have this opportunity now to take a pause and say, what do I really want to come back into my life?
1: Yeah, that's such a great perspective. I hadn't really heard anyone sort of say it like that before, but I think that is so great just to put it that way. Like, do we really want to be, that busy again. Yeah. Because were we happy when we were that busy?
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause maybe you were, maybe you missed every second. And if you did get it all back in there, girl, get it. But sure. if you didn't, if you were miserable or yeah. were exhausted, then let's just pause. Just think about it for just a second and see if you can make some changes.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree with that entirely. So What would you say, Lori, is your favorite part of the work you're currently doing to support moms?
0: Yeah, right now. So I created a course and it's in beta. So it's just a really small group, but we do group coaching every week. Uh, The course kind of has a new lesson and then we do group coaching and that group coaching is pretty stinking fun. I love talking with moms. I love getting different perspectives. I love being able to kind of reflect back and think, okay, how can I apply that to my life? You know, I believe the women in the group are applying that to those things to their life and, you know, just helping us elevate each other is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Group settings are so helpful. I've been in a couple of different group coaching settings and just bouncing ideas off of the group sometimes is just as valuable as sort of getting that one-on-one support. Both are equally valuable, but I think just that group setting is just amazing sometimes. And it's really nice because you know that
0: everyone there wants to do something to make their life better, right? They're there to say, maybe my life is amazing and I want it to be even more amazing, or maybe I've been struggling with some stuff and I really would like to work through that, but either way, they're there to, to get better. And I love that because, you know, we're not always hanging out in groups where people are hoping to be better. So it's pretty inspirational.
1: Yeah, definitely. So going back a little bit, I always ask this question to all the moms that come on. What is your favorite part of being a mom?
0: I think so right now. My kids are getting a little bigger, right? So I don't have toddlers anymore. I don't have diapers. I don't have, you know, I'm not wiping butts. a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Not that those times are not amazing and fun too, but I'm getting to the point where I have put in all of this time and effort trying to build these amazing humans. I am working very hard all the time for many years to teach them how to be great humans. And so it's really awesome right now to see them be amazing all by themselves. So Mm -hmm. when they will do something like, let's say they help a friend or they step up at at home and they, you know, like one of my oldest likes to make guacamole for taco night Mm -hmm. and she'll just do it automatically without even me asking her. And just those little things, I feel like this is showing all that work, all those years, all that time (laughs) is paying off, right? They know what to do and they know how to be amazing. And I am just, I'm confident that those peaks into how they will be as adults are going to continue. And it's just really, really awesome.
1: Yeah, that is incredible. I have one five-year-old daughter, so she's just getting to the stage of being slightly more independent. Yes. I love the age. But I always tell moms who have younger kids, like it will get easier, you know, like those first five years of their life is just, it is a constant, like, you know, sometimes you don't know what's going on. It's just craziness, disorder, like everything's all over the place, but I'm like, it does get easier. They get more independent. They do. Um, Their personalities start coming out and some of the things they say, it's just, it's amazing. It is. It's so fun. And
0: I mean, there are certainly things you miss, right? Because they're like a snuggly baby is a snuggly baby. I mean, come on. Like that is, that's hard to go without, but there are so many more amazing things. And ever since becoming a mom, I always would say, this has got to be my favorite stage. And then I would get to a new stage and I would say, Oh no, I think this is my favorite stage because I can always find those things that just light me up. And so it's really fun to see things that I didn't even expect. You know, this sort of grown-up behavior is cool.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it, but at the same time, I don't want time to go by that fast. I know. Yes. It's like, yeah, you don't want time to pass too fast, but you're like, I do want, I'm looking forward to seeing them grow and develop and all of those good things. So,
0: yeah, I feel that I could, I feel like I, uh, if I could pause time at any point, I would do it, right? <laughs> it would be really nice to pause.
1: Right. So going back to something you said or something we were talking about in relation, we were kind of talking about a little bit of, so I mentioned mom's sort of networking and maybe we like complain to each other a little bit too much when we're networking or in Facebook groups There's tons of Facebook groups for support nowadays, but sometimes maybe it's a little bit too much and maybe we rely on them too much for complaining. Mm. I know you do some work in sort of talking to moms about complaining and what that can do. Can you go into that a little bit and just explain to us what sort of your stance on that is?
0: Yeah, totally. So for years, I have talked about the culture of complaint and I talked about it mostly at work, to be honest, because more of my experience with the culture of complaint was on teams, was in business meetings, was, and so I'll kind of explain the culture of complaint and probably some of you are hearing it and going, oh yeah, I know that, you know, I've been in the culture of complaint. I
1: remember it from my corporate job. (laughs) Yes.
0: So the culture of complaint is really that when one person starts complaining and that's spurs off another complaint. And then you're in a meeting or a team lunch, or now for me, you know, you're in a mom group, you're in whatever it is. And all you've done is complain and you have not found a solution. So what I say is complaining is all problem, no solution. So we're just talking about the problem and we're not getting anywhere. And so a couple of things, you know, moms will say, well, I don't really complain. Okay, so let me ask you a couple of questions and then you tell me if you really (laughs) don't complain because if you feel like, oh, I was kind of whining about that, you were probably complaining. If you're nitpicking your kids or your partner or your spouse or your people at work, you're probably complaining. And then another like really telltale sign is if you're using always or never, you always get to get the best projects. You never pick up your socks, then you're probably complaining because those statements are not intended to solve a problem. They're intended just to solve the problem. They're pointed, intended to point the problem out, not to have a solution for it.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Especially in the examples you gave, I see so often, or I hear friends so often just sort of And I know it's sort of like a coping mechanism too, you know, like you have to release it somehow. And so you have a good friend and it just becomes like, okay, we're going to text about these things, but sometimes it can be just complaining instead of offering up solutions.
0: Yes. And in the book I talk about, like I differentiate. So to me, there are really three things. So you can just problem solution, right? That's the, would be the best. I have a problem and here's how I want to fix it. That is your goal, right? And then complaining is just problem. So complaining is really emotional, right? It's something that is causing us some sort of frustration, sadness, anger, whatever it is. And so I have the kind of in-between is venting. Because for venting, you can get out all of the crazy. You can get out all of the stress and the frustration. But then with venting, almost always we say, I'm going to vent this out. And then I'm going to start working on the solution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's just to kind of get out all of that emotion that you feel like you can't handle in order to get to the point of problem solution.
1: Yeah, that's a really good distinction. I've never heard someone describe those two as different things before, but that is really good for people to realize that, you know, it's okay to vent, but let's get to the next step beyond venting. Let's actually get to somewhere constructive, right? Constructive. Exactly. That's exactly the right word. Yes. So Lori, you talk a little bit about how complaining can actually make us sick. Yeah. How describe the thought process on that. So it actually complaining, especially consistent complaining,
0: actually physically changes your body composition. So you will increase your blood pressure, you will increase your blood sugar, and those two things together tear down your immune system. So it can make you more likely to get sick, which none of us want right now, right? We're all trying to do everything we can for our immune systems. And so that is a huge difference physically, you know, full body. It also will change your brain. So it will reduce your potential for memory, Which means you're not remembering things as well, right? But it also will take away some of the memories for problem solving. So it will reduce your capacity to actually solve the next problem. So if you're not consistently problem solving and only complaining and just talking about problems, your mind, your brain is thinking only about problems and it forgets how to actually make solutions. So think about if you get into a situation where you do need to come up with a solution, maybe it's at work, maybe it's at home, and now you're, having a lot harder time to do that because you've constantly been complaining, 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 Mm -hmm. and not working on those skills that help you solve problems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Explain that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy, but it's true. And, you know, I think probably a lot of moms can think about mom's dinner, right. That you went out to, Mm -hmm. and it was just all complaining the whole time. Everyone was complaining and you left and maybe you didn't even feel that great. Maybe you felt worse than when you went to the dinner and you know that is some of that inaction that's making that
1: mm,
0: you yeah. physically and emotionally not
1: feel great yeah totally yeah i can relate to that yeah yeah i guess if moms are sort of they find themselves in a group or something like that where there is a lot of complaining but they really do they want a group that is more constructive or they want something more positive What are tips to those moms to find like a more positive tribe to hang out?
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. So one is if you have a tribe that you love, they just tend to swing to complain a lot. You can always try solution focus, right? Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. ask those why questions and work with them, you know, leading them to finding a solution instead of just complaining. You know, so if they say, oh, you know, my spouse always leaves their stuff on the floor and they never pick up and they never help me, then being able to say, hey, what, that sounds super frustrating. What do you think you're going to do? Right. Just even that one question or, you know, we'll start to say, oh, okay, we're not just going to complain. We actually might try for solutions. Yeah. But if that doesn't work, you know, if you are in a group and you know that each time you spend time with that group, you just don't feel that great. And you really are looking for something more. I think one of the greatest recommendation is to find a group that has a goal. Mm-hmm. So when we're trying to reach for a goal, when we are trying to find a solution to a problem, when we are working towards that, we are probably not complaining because it's really hard to do both at the same time. Yeah. Maybe it's a fitness goal. You know, maybe it's like a running club. Maybe it's a goal to create something. Maybe it's an art class or, you know, it's a crafting class or pottery class, things like that you know, even certain groups that have, you know, a mission, then those groups are less likely to hit complaining because they are working together for a common goal.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I like that. I know there's tons of other groups out there and programs you can join group coaching programs, even like communities for moms, all types of different things that are of support. And if you're unsure where to start, even a Google search, To find different things that are applicable for different moms. But
0: it's true. There are so many programs that are great, right? Amazing programs that you could join. And then you've got that group camaraderie together and everyone's working towards something better. And, you know, people will join, you know, those mastermind type groups with, or those group coaching groups and they Mm -hmm. make friends that they have forever, right? Like they make friends that they have long after that group is over. So it really can be a big help just to find that group that is that's trying for something more.
1: Yeah, it's a huge help. And I found in my personal experience, like joining groups like that, then I'm better able to like self coach myself, but then also like take those skills into conversations with my friends. So as we were talking about a few minutes ago, like if my friend started just complaining me having the skills from like with my group coaching, I take that to her. And without her really knowing, I just start asking questions like, "Yeah, what what can we do about this? Or (laughs) let's brainstorm some solutions. So I think it benefits yourself, obviously, when you join those programs, but also everybody else around you too.
0: Yeah, I love that, and that just like you know makes my coaching heart happy, <laughs> right? <laughs> because that's what you want people to come into a group and feel better about themselves, feel better in general, and then be able to spread that. Because you know that's the ultimate impact. If we could all do that, oh, yeah. the world! Definitely, Amazing. yeah.
1: I love talking about all of this. Do you have any other advice tips for moms? Is something you want to tell them? Before we move on to the sort of lightning round of questions. So
0: I know you and I had talked about partners, right? That a lot of times we hear, you know, when we're in mom groups, we hear people complain about their partner, their spouse, their husband, their wife, whoever it is. They're complaining about that person, you know, whatever it is that they don't help enough, that they don't do enough with the kids. They don't spend enough time with us, whatever it is. And so a couple of just short recommendations for that are a lot of times we didn't share that. So our moms that we're talking to are complaining. They're telling us, right. They're in a group with us or they're in a yeah. Facebook group with us. My spouse never does this, blah, 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 blah. And then we come back and we say, well, what did they say when you said, Hey, here's how I'm feeling? Well, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't tell them that. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, how would they know that you need yeah. help? You know, how do they know what you need if you don't communicate? So number one is communicate, communicate. Talk. Yeah. have a conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing that I actually I took this from another coach because it's just so smart, but she said when she works with parents together, she will have them write down everything that they do because sometimes it's just not evident to the other partner what you actually do. And honestly, it's eye-opening for each partner right? Because maybe one partner is doing truly a whole heck of a lot, but maybe there are all these other things that the partner, you know, maybe like your partner is doing all these things that you didn't actually realize they were doing. And so it gives you that open-minded look at, oh, wow, they really are doing a lot of things I wasn't even thinking about. And then it helps you have those conversations and say, okay, this feels off. Let's figure out what we can take away. Let's figure out what we can outsource. Let's figure out where we can get help. Let's figure out how we can do a better split. And just really having that open, honest, calm conversation can help hugely because oftentimes our partners just don't know that it's a problem.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because I actually just read an article. I think it was on Scary Mommy. It was like Mm -hmm. a couple of days ago, but it said something like to the effect of when you're asking your partner for help, don't phrase it in the way where you're saying, can you please, or can you help me out with this thing with the kid? Or can you help me out with this, the dishes or dinner? Like, don't phrase it like that. Just kind of be more like, I guess, be more straightforward and make it a partnership, like a 50-50 partnership, instead of portraying that person is somehow doing you a favor.
0: Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yes. Being that, I think one of the benefits of writing it all down and looking at it says, okay, These are our responsibilities as parents, as a partner at partnership, and here are all the responsibilities we have. How can we split this the best? How can we help each other instead of yes? Because what you're saying, that article is giving the impression that all of these things are my job and you're helping me with my job versus this is our job. We're a team. I like to use the word family team. We're a family team. We all have to do this because we're a family team. Yeah. And so being able to pull that family team together and split those things up makes everybody feel responsible and also, you know, Will is more likely to do it than to just say, oh, I don't feel like helping you today versus, oh, that actually is my job too.
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so important. And another quick little point about that. Yeah. So I noticed in my own, within my own household, like if I put out a choice, so I say like, Say I have two things to do and then I ask my husband, would you like to, you know, help with bedtime, not help, obviously that's not the right word usage. Would you help with bedtime tonight or would you clean the kitchen? Like give him a choice, like in which one, because both of us are going to do something because it's a 50-50 split in the household. Yeah. So instead of saying, can you help me with the bedtime? just be like, which one would you like to do tonight? Just be very like straightforward about it. And I found that that has been like a huge kind of, like sometimes spouses just don't realize things that need to be done or they don't have the same thought patterns as us. And they're not constantly thinking of the next thing that needs to be done. So it's, it's just a difference. And sometimes we just have to be more straightforward about it. And I felt, I feel like that has really, Helps both of us in community it's true. better. So
0: yeah, no, I love that. I think that that is a great recommendation. I, in the same way. So if we have two kid activities that overlap, mm-hmm. I'll say, all right, tonight, we've got a bunch of overlapping activities. I think that one person should do X, Y, and Z and the other person should do, you know, take these people to this place, you know, do you agree that that's the best strategy yes, and yes, which, yeah. and which one do you want? And of course, if I really want one, I'll say, I'd really rather do this. (laughs) Is it okay if you do that one? But usually it doesn't matter to me, you know, I I'll do one or the other. And so I'm like, you pick the best, you pick the one you want, and then we'll both. And so then we do, you know, and then all of us go our ways and get all of our things done. And with four kids, it's divide and conquer. It has to be.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, I feel like so often moms sort of, They will post things in groups or come to me with, you know, my husband, he doesn't do anything or, you know, I have to do everything. And then it goes back to our other conversation. Well, did you ask him to do something or did you have this conversation about splitting the responsibilities? And then if they say no, then it's like, okay, you have to go back and start at that point.
0: Yeah. You kind of have to start at the very beginning, right? You have to go all the way back and say, all right, we need to sit down and have our first conversation about how to split this up. And, but so often we're not having that conversation at the start and a lot of couples do it. And if you are one of those couples, more power to you, that's amazing. But so many don't, and they don't have the conversation and then they have the kids and they still haven't talked about it. And then the kid gets older and they still haven't talked about it. And mom starts to take on a lot of things and not always, but mom does tend to pick up more things. And then all of a sudden, yeah. It's very imbalanced. Mom is very angry and they have never actually had the conversation. You're so right.
1: Yeah, for sure. So for those moms listening that haven't had the conversation, do it as early as possible.
0: <laughs> yes. Time to talk about it. Yeah. And if you, you know, it, like we talked about before for group coaching is not just for individuals. It's awesome for individuals, but if you feel like you can't, do it alone, there are lots and lots of options for people to meet with and be able to work with you and help you get to a really good spot because to get to that really nice, what feels mostly balanced spot just makes everything easier.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. I agree with that entirely. Yes. So thank you. So is there anything else you want to add to give any other advice to moms?
0: Oh, I could probably say a million things, but no, I think (laughs) that was a lot of good info about complaining and about how not to and some really good tips. Yeah,
1: definitely. Thank you for speaking on that. I had not had a topic like that before on this podcast. And so I thought it would be really great, especially, you know, in the past year and a half or Mm -hmm. longer, however, it's been now with this pandemic, I think a lot of these topics are coming to the forefront. So. It's really great to just get this information out to moms.
0: Absolutely. It's a good one for sure.
1: So I just have a couple more questions that I ask every guest, sort of like a little lightning round. Um, right, let's do it. I always tell moms, like, we should have something that we have to do for ourselves daily, something positive, something that brings us joy. What would be like your non-negotiable practice you have to do every day for yourself?
0: Ooh, it's quiet coffee. My husband actually roasts coffee like at our home. And so our coffee is top-notch and quiet coffee before everyone wakes up. First thing, that's the very first thing I do. And, and it sets my day. It's perfect.
1: I love that. I am a very big coffee lover as well. So (laughs) I love that one. Who would be your favorite sort of podcaster's Bloggers a favorite author that has really influenced you in your life or another person that has influenced
0: you. Ooh, okay. can I give a couple?
1: Yes. Okay. So
0: podcasters, I would have to say, the ones I listen to most are Amy Porterfield and Holly Haynes. Bloggers, probably Chris loves Julia. If you're not familiar with that one, it's like a design podcast, and she's oh, okay. just got so many great ideas for ways to make your house look amazing authors. I would say Emily Giffen, who wrote something borrowed and something blue for fiction. And then probably Donald Miller for nonfiction. I love the story Mm -hmm. brand framework. And then he wrote marketing made simple and business made simple, both all great and so straightforward. So easy to understand if you've got folks, you know, running their own businesses out there. yeah. And then experts, I would probably say Brendan Burchard probably, because I feel like he is, an author, but also an expert in just being the best human you can possibly be. And I, you know, I always love to learn about that.
1: Yeah. Those are all awesome choices. I have heard of a couple of them, but I'll have to take note of the other ones. And I'm always looking for new books, new podcasts, new people to listen to and to learn from. Like I'm a constant lifelong learner. So
0: me too. Yes. Yeah. And I love all of those. I would be happy to share any of them for, for sure. sure.
1: For sure. What are you currently working on that you're most excited about?
0: Oh, probably the group coaching we talked about before. So because my course is in beta, you know, we're building, making changes, getting feedback. And that's just really fun because I really am excited to launch that again and help more moms.
1: Amazing. And we will also include any relevant links that you have to your resources in the show notes. So I'll grab all those from you. And awesome. so all the listeners can go directly to those. Very good. And then where can we find you online? Where do you hang out the most often?
0: Sure. I am at secretsofsupermom.com. So that's of course the book and on the website, you can get the link to the book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, wherever you buy your books. And then on Instagram and Facebook are where I am mostly. And that is also secrets of Supermom. So super easy to find.
1: All right. Awesome. And yeah, I'll also include the link to your book. So in case listeners are interested in checking that out, which I highly recommend you to check that book out. So thank you so much, Lori, for coming on the podcast today. I really had a great time talking to you and really love what you're doing to help support moms. We need so many more people supporting moms out there, I think. And yeah, I totally agree
0: with you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to join the mission.
1: Of course. Thank you. Have such a great day and a great weekend. You too. Thank you. So hi, mamas. I wanted to take a quick minute just to tell you about my brand new course that's going to be launching. So I had mentioned this course in the past, And life happened and I got a little behind in creating all of the modules, but I went on this amazing family vacation over the summer. We traveled out west and it really put a ton of things in perspective for me. I came back and I said, I really feel passionately about launching this course for moms. So what this course is it's for you if you're feeling stuck. You've been in the burnout cycle for a while, you're not sure what steps you can take towards a better work family life integration, you crave freedom from the typical nine to five, and you're certain there has to be a better way to do this working mom life. So I've totally been in your shoes. I want to help you discover your passions and dreams and turn them into a viable business online so that you can find your zone of genius and finally feel passionate about the work you're doing without sacrificing your family life along the way. So I will ask you, if this sounds like what you need in your life, Mama, then I'd love for you to join me in the business launch pad. So you can go to theworkingmomcollective.com slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, and you can sign up to get on the waitlist for the course, which will be launching in October. So again, that is theworkingmomcollective.com slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H and that will get you set up on my wait list. Um, I'll send you some email notifications just to let you know when the course is open to sign up. And you can also get all of the details on what you'll be getting in this course at that website. So again, I would love to see you in the Business Launchpad. I really feel passionately about helping other moms reach their big goals and their big dreams. And I want to help you sort of fast track your way towards your dreams. So let me help you follow your dreams because that is what I feel most passionately about is helping moms discover their dreams and their purpose. So if you would like to join me, please get on the wait list. And I can't wait to see you Inside the business launch pad. I would be so, so grateful if you went and left a rating and review of the podcast. So Apple loves it when you rate and review the podcast that you love listening to, and it would just mean the world to me if you went over and left a rating and review for the podcast. So that way our show can be introduced to more working moms that really, really can gain positivity from these episodes that can teach them something. So if you go and leave a rating and review, I would be so grateful and just thank you again for continuing to listen every week. You are the reason why I continue to talk into this microphone for this podcast. Without you, I would didn't have the podcast. So thank you so much.